Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Don't lose sight. Look at the person next to you say, don't lose sight. Get your, hey, highly style. Get your eyes right. Yeah. Now, now we went into don't lose sight and... Um, and we, I mean, it was a special moment. I felt like it was a special moment together as we jumped into Don't Lose Sight. Then, then um, uh, Pastor, Pastor Leo uh, spoke. Um, then, um, uh, then Tito, I mean, it's just been so crazy. It's, it's almost the, uh, and um, yet yeah, it's new every time it comes out. And I told you last time, two weeks ago, I said, I have so much to this. That um, in, we're going to continue on this and we'll see how long we go on it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on Don't Lose Sight because we've been talking here. We've been discussing what it means, um, what harvest of a spiritual awakening looks like. And yet, while we're speaking it, do we really know what it looks like? But we do know that a lot of, even in worship today, a word came out about the potter on the wheel and the clay being ruined and yet, coming out a new clay, I believe that is a sign and that is a perfect imagery of a harvest of a spiritual awakening. And um, if you've been here for the last month, two months, you, you know that, what that language sounds like because we've been discussing that a lot here. And um, I feel like it's so neat to see how, how God is, is, is doing something within our very own conversations, if you want to call it language. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. So Wednesday I come in here and Wednesday was, I mean, I can't tell you much about what happened this Wednesday, but if you were here this Wednesday, I don't, shame on you if you think that I'm doing this to try to get you to come on a Wednesday, but I will tell you, shame on you if you, ha- if you could have come on a Wednesday and you didn't come on Wednesday, because you're missing out on something special. I am not lying to you. Wednesday was, uh, can I, I guess I could use the word awesome because of what awesome means, but, but it was just spectacular what happened here on Wednesday, and um, Nothing was said, but everything was said. <laughs> so good. Nothing was spoken, but everything was spoken. Like you left here on Wednesday, every single word, but yet there was not a planned out word given. I mean, Wednesday was really special, and um, it was so good. So, so just, you know, take that as you want, but be here on a Wednesday. <laughs> um, also, um, I was in my, in my office earlier on Wednesday, and uh, I started just to continue to pray about don't lose sight, don't lose sight. And God just adds to the notes, right? And I'm like, oh, this is not good because, you know, it's, it's rough for me. So he just continues to stir my heart. So that's how I know that God wants to speak this word to you, to us. Amen? Amen. I love these words that, I, that, that God's been giving us lately and God's been giving me because they're not words that I'm getting throughout the week and then delivering them on a Sunday. They're actually words that have been burning inside of me for about months or a month or two months and, and just releasing it as God is saying, okay, now's a good time as I catch up to them. That's a beautiful place to be at. Man. I feel like crying. All right. Don't lose sight. So Pastor Leo was here, and um, he, shared, he shared a lot. I mean, how many of you remember that? What, it, what was it called? People of Presence, Pop. I mean, what a, what a, what a coincidence and uh, the way God does things. But he comes in with a message called Pop, which is 
heart, our heart, our language, exactly what we've been dialoguing on for like two years already. People. And he says so much good stuff, but I wrote down, I wrote down a lot of notes, but I highlighted one thing that he said. One thing that he said really struck a nerve, really struck my heart. And he said this, he says, when you lack intimacy, you lose out on the Lord's expression over you. That really did something to me, and I wrote it, and, I, and then it became part of this. That when you lack intimacy, when you lack intimacy, you lose out on the Lord's expression over you. Just let that, let that kind of just rev up inside of you. So I started to think about that, and I said, my goodness, what, what he just said was that, that there's an expression of God over his children. God has an expression over us. And I'm sure that expression comes in many forms. And I'm sure that that expression by different, by, by, by different, by different of us, many of us, or, or if I set some of you guys apart, my language got all confused there. The Holy Spirit's still working in me here. Get, get me, get, let me get through it. But we would all describe probably the expression that God has over us at that moment. But, but I believe that as we continue to talk about don't lose sight, what God stirred in my heart was, was the expression of what is called love. The expression of love. Love. Come on. Do you guys remember? I mean, let's talk about kitty love. You guys remember those days when you were young and writing notes was in style? Now it's writing text. But remember, and we do emojis and stuff like that. And then we do like weird pictures and stuff. But, but you remember when writing notes was in style and then we used to do origamis? Okay. And then, and then, and then we used to put, finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find boldness to ask her out. Do you and I like me, you know? And she would either circle yes or no. She would either circle yes or no. Was there a maybe too? I never wrote maybe. I wrote yes. I just want to know if this is going to go down or not. You know, yes or no, circle. And um, no maybe over here. You drive, you know, if you, if you hang out with me a little while, you know maybe's drive me nuts. I can't make decisions. My, my, and you tell me maybe, I'm going to go nuts. So just yes, no, and let me move on or get with you. But, but when they circled yes, man, or how about that time when you got your schedule and you showed up to your first period? Back then I think it was called um, home, um, what's it called? Homeroom, remember homeroom? I don't know if that exists anymore, but homeroom. Or, and then you used to go throughout your day and you used to look for your friends. But you know very well, you went to deep intercessory. I mean, deep prayer and fasting the night before <laughs> to make sure that she or he was in at least one of your classes. <laughs> and when you walked into that classroom, he or she was there and everything about you bubbled and you did whatever you could to sit next to he or she. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? What an expression of love you had. <laughs> but you know what? No one taught you how to do that. No one taught you how to do that. My parents never sat with me and said, write this kind of letter, put yes or no, fold it into an origami, and then send it out and see what happens. And then when you go into, it was inside of my being, my nature as a human and as a man, God said, God made me, God made me to feel this feeling of love. And the feeling of love always made me feel good. I loved when I walked down the halls and that girl looked at me with a weird eye. It made me feel, it made me feel a little good on that day. 
made me feel like there was a chance on that day. It, it made me feel, and no one taught me that. It's almost as if God, no, it's, I'm not going to say it's almost. It's that God has put it inside of us and he's put the expression of love so that when he finally whispers to your ear or when he finally reveals to you his great love letter, when he finally looks at you with that eye that something inside of you begins to erupt and you begin to be moved and you're like, I don't know what it was in church today, but I couldn't stop crying. I don't know what it was in church today, but I didn't want it to end. I don't know what it was in worship today, but I didn't want them to stop singing. I'll tell you what it is. It's his expression of love over your life. Come on. It's his expression of love. Oh, I just love you. And you feel this kind of way. And you feel this kind of way. And he says, when you lack intimacy, though, catch that. When you lack intimacy, you lose out on his expression of love. Because I know, and I'm not going to point anyone out, but I know there were some of us in here that we couldn't get into worship. Not because the presence of God was in here. It's because you're not in the presence of God. So you leave this church and you find five other churches and the same non-presence of God is in none of those other churches either. And it's not because of none of those other non-churches. It is because you're not being lost in the expression of love. So you might as well just sit here until you learn. And then when you fall in love, then figure out what church you're called to go to. The expression of love. I, and I believe there's an expression from the Father of love that he wants to share down to us. But there was a separation always between us and the Father. And from humanity and the Father, always, there was always a, a separation. So there was a struggle to receive that expression of love. And I believe that it's revealed. It's on. All right. And I believe, I believe that it's revealed. I believe it's revealed through the Son. I really do believe that the expression of love from the Father is revealed to the Son. I believe that when we truly come to understand the love of Christ, that, that there at that end is where we finally come to experience the Father and the Father's love. Why do I say that? Because knowing Christ's love, knowing Christ's love, biblically, and I'm going to show it to you, is actually knowing the Father's love. How many of you feel like you need a father? Because maybe your earthly father wasn't enough? Or maybe just you could... Expression of love is going to introduce you to father. And the way that you're going to meet dad is through son. You know, I love that, I love that my, my dad paints and stuff because I like to talk about him as a painter. So what I do is like, you need a painter, I know a man. I, I can't paint, not a drip. One day I was painting, my dad said, just stop painting. <laughs> and I don't paint, but I know a painter. So, so it's so good, like this week I got in a conversation with someone, and I said, I have no idea how to help you. But, but I've been graced, I've been graced with something that comes from Father that I could introduce you and connect you to Father. And, and, and what you desire and what you need and what you're crying out for, it's, watch this, it's, it's, just, it's just an altercation away. Father, through me, he needs that. And through the Son the Father is revealed in a deeper way. I believe that. I believe that so, as I read scripture more and more, I truly believe that. That 
Listen, you can't know Christ's love away from the Father. You can't know it. There is no separating them. One will always reveal the other. How do I know this? I, I, I don't have time to go into the scriptures, but you might know some of these scriptures as I give you this summary. In the Old Testament, oh, everyone say Old Testament. That's good. The Father had such a love. The Father had such a love, such a love for humanity, such a love for mankind that, that, that he created. But because of humanity's continual sin and their apostasy, okay, because they continue to screw it all up, this Father, his love, listen to this, his love says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a list of rules. Because <laughs> he didn't have to do that. But I'm going to set up these commandments. I'm going to set up these rules. And then I'm not only going to set up these rules. All these rules and laws are going to point to this plan that now I'm going to set up. And, and this plan that I'm going to set up is for the coming Messiah to redeem this creation that I love. So in the Old Testament, all throughout, no one can tell me that Jesus is not in the Old Testament. Jesus is actually revealed all throughout the Old Testament. And one of the greatest ways that Jesus is revealed is by the Father establishing the law that points to the coming Messiah. Because what was the Father? doing the father was what revealing love was revealing love to through the future son to come you guys are separated from me you keep falling short but you're gonna know me and the way that you're gonna know me and finally understand all these things is when until I introduce you to son my son is gonna bring you back to my love that is why people are like, but what do you mean? The Jewish people, if they die right now and they don't accept Jesus, you mean to tell me they're going to go to hell? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. There's only one way to the Father, and it's through me. I could care less that our belief started with their origin in Judaism, but it all ends, and it all begins, and it's all about one person, and it's Jesus, the name above all names, every knee, tongue, confess. It's Jesus. Without Christ, there is no revelation of Father and Dad's love. So yes, someone without Christ misses out on deeper love. I believe that 100%. Because all over scripture it is shown. And then everyone say New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus comes in. And he steps into the scene. Now he's revealed. Never was he not there. Just revealed. And in the New Testament, Jesus, the son, reveals. And he reveals such a love that what does he do? Humanity's apostasy. Humanity's continual sin. What does Jesus do now? He becomes their sacrifice. He now becomes their offering. Humanity's offering to now bring us all back to a loving relationship with Abba Father. When he says, it is finished. I brought them back to you, dad. I brought them back to you. Now, this son goes to be with you because I've left you with many more sons and daughters. Jesus is not just your Lord and your God which is, and your Savior, which is, which is it. But you know, one of his, one of his attributes, one of his, one, one of his names to you is also Big Brother. He's also your brother. And as, and as that, he made a way for other sons and daughters to come to, are you guys with me? Yes. All right, so, so very important. In John chapter 14, John chapter 14, Jesus is teaching. And he's teaching his, his followers, he's, he's teaching his disciples, he's teaching them what, what I would call a revelational truth. A revelational truth or a revolutionary truth, probably better said. And, and he starts to tell him, like, I and the Father, I, I, I and the Father are one. Um, there's only one way to the Father. And he's teaching them all this stuff. Now, you got to understand this. For a Jewish audience, this is, 
Because if you really study scripture, maybe for, for the first two years of the disciples doing life with Jesus, maybe for the first two years, they knew, they knew that he was going to come. He was the son of David who was going to come and take his throne and so on and so forth. But maybe for the first two years, they didn't have the revelation yet that Jesus was also the son of God. That probably didn't kick in maybe to the third year of ministry. But for the first two years, they knew that there was something special about him. They knew there was something distinct about him. Maybe something like that. But on that third year, they started to get the revelation. Don't have time to get into all that. But, but something happens in John 14. Jesus is teaching them this revolutionary truth that, hey, I come from my father. The father comes and is in me and I am him. And there was only one way. And he starts to say all this stuff, right? So Philip, being Philip, tells Jesus this. Show us the father and then we'll be satisfied. Show us the father and that's all we'll need. Philip tells that to Jesus. I hear everything. You're, this is why it shows me that, that even Philip didn't get it yet. Because how can you hang out with Jesus and say, to, show me dad and I'll be good. Because if you would have known Jesus walking with life with him that day, all you would have said, I've met you, so I'm forever good. That is such an erroneous statement, such an error to say, show me father and I'll be satisfied. Because in Jesus, the revelation of Father was already given. And if you would have known Jesus, Philip, whoa, from the first day, you would have already known Father. What does that really mean? That if you would have known me already, you would have already had deep intimacy with Father, with me. As a matter of fact, you probably would have walked to the other side of the lake. You probably would have gone up the mountain with me. You probably would have cried next to me. On the, I mean, there are many things of intimacy and depth that I would have taken you to. But because you lacked the Father's expression of love, because you didn't see it through the Son, that is why you're still asking to be sad. How many of us are still asking for a certain satisfaction when, when, when the one who fully satisfied stands before you? Lord, if you do this... I'll be satisfied. No, no, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. It's, 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 it's that. It's the husband that complains about his wife because she doesn't change. It's the wife that complains about her husband because he doesn't change. And they're married and they're miserable. The reality is, the reality is this. You want that to change? It's going to come from a deep revelation of God's love in your life. And then that marriage changes. The husband changed the wife. That's the, because you're going to go home and when there's a fight that wants to brew, there's a loving that wants to brew inside of you. What in the world got into you? And it's the same thing. I, talk, I don't want to pick on just the married people only. But the singles too, I think I shared that two weeks ago. It's the same thing with the singles. The day that I get married, then I will fully be able to fulfill ministry. That is the biggest lie of the church that is giving... The church has told you that. You can't be in ministry until you're married. And then you get married and then you get divorced within the first year. Why? Because Mary doesn't introduce you to love. You need to fall in love with the Father's love and then walk into marriage in that love. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The expression of the Father's love. And, and then we could talk about everything else. Not just marriage and, and singleness, but everything else. It deals with the same root. Show us the Father and that's all I'll ever need to be satisfied. What are you saying that's all you ever need to be satisfied? And the revelation is before you. Uh -uh. I am the only thing that will satisfy you. Are you guys getting that? And that's, that's the problem here. That's the conversation we're having here, Jesus and Philip. So what is Jesus' reply to Philip? Look at verse 10. Verse 10, <laughs> verse 10, Jesus says this. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
So the words that I speak, listen to what he says, are not my own. Jesus is saying, I've been speaking to you for now for years. And now one drip of one word is from me. Every word that I've spoken is from the Father. So you're asking me to introduce you to the Father. Have you not heard one word that has come out of my mouth? Because every word is Father sent, Father given, Father birthed. Are you, are you understanding that? So Jesus says that to him. Hey, do you not believe this? That the words I speak are not my own, are not Jesus's. But my Father who lives in me does his work, what? Through me. Did you see me spit on the mud and heal the blind person? Did you see me raise Lazarus from the dead? Did you see me walk on water? Did you see me cast out demons? Did you see me do signs, wonders, and miracles? Yes, 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 yes. All of that is the work of the Father through me. All of that expresses that as love. My God. All of that expresses Abba. Everyone say Abba because I'm going to make a point. All of that expresses Abba. All of that. When I healed that person, it was Abba's love. When I resurrected him, it was Abba's love. When I told you fools, do not tell these children to depart from me, but nevertheless the kingdom of heaven is made of such children. Bring them to me again. And all the children were tugging at his clothes. He said, that was Abba's love as well for children. Abba's love is all over my ministry. It works in me and through me, and every word that I've ever spoken comes from the Father first. I don't speak a word that my Father first has not spoken to me. This is, this is big. This is revolution. That's why I called it a revolutionary truth. It's revolutionary to a Jewish audience. Why? Because he's declaring this. Ready? You can profess that you know the Father. You can... I'm going to stop for a moment. I don't believe... I, I don't believe we're going to go to Israel and, and, and don't get me killed in, in June by saying, you know what this guy said over there about you? So don't do that. But I don't believe necessarily. Please be careful how I say this, Phil. Trying to see if I should say that that those Jews actually know the Father. Because if they really did know the Father, they would have come to accept the Son already. Does that make any sense? So when they do their ceremonies and they do their systems of of religion, I think it's to an unknown God. Because how? Is the father honored in that when the greatest thing given to them is still being denied? I don't know. That was just my thought. But why? Because what I'm about to say, this, revolution, this is revolutionary to the Jewish audience. Why? Because what is Jesus declaring here? He's declaring this, that you can profess you know the father. You could profess you know his laws, the ceremonies, the culture, the generational traditions. But if you don't know me, you actually don't know him. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Rejecting me is rejecting dad. You with me? You guys know that, right? Like, my dad, if you hit me, you've lost your relationship with my dad. You did. I, at least I hope. I think so. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You, you damage my son, I'm done. You've lost me. Because that's my son and I'm his father. That's my father and I'm his son. You guys understand this? So when Jesus, says, when Jesus says something so beautiful like this and he says, 
But then there's this, man, I almost want to get into the grace now and what that looks like in the gospel. But maybe that's another day. About when he should have struck in us, yet he continued to grace us because he allowed his son to be struck. Oh, it's a whole, whatever. So, so he says, you can know all these things, but if you don't know me, you don't know him. Rejecting me is rejecting him. What is Jesus saying? That his love in me, his love found in me, pours out through me. So, so what is Jesus saying? Don't lose sight of his love. Because listen, if we are in relationship, if you are in a relationship with him as sons and as daughters, we can't for once forfeit living under this, what we're calling now intimacy, under this embrace of this great expression over us, which is the expression of love. Remember way back when we did our fast and we said, come to the feet of Jesus and sit there and, and, and remember all those things? And th- that, that right there, we can't forfeit those moments where God's expression of love and intimacy is found. I want to go over um, maybe three verses, maybe two verses with you. Romans 8.15, if you're taking notes, turn there or write this down in your notes. You could go back, listen to it in the podcast. But Romans 8.15, look what Paul says. Everything that Jesus is saying, everything that the Father has already said too. Paul says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit. Listen to this. That when he adopted you as what? Oh, my God. That when he adopted you as his own children, now we call him what? Abba, Father. I'm going to make a point with that. Go to Galatians 4, 6, or, or look at it on the screen real quick and write it down in your notes. Go back and listen to it. Galatians 4, 6. Same author. Um, listen to what, what is written here. And because we are different groups of people... And because we are, are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out what? Oh. Abba. We see different scriptures to different groups of people, and Jesus is saying, this, um, the apostles are saying the same thing. You received a spirit of sonship now. You are sons and daughters. Christ has done that now in you. And because of that sonship, you have the ability to say, Dad, Abba, Father. Go to the Old Testament and try to do that. But, but Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Like this beautiful, just walking up to your seat and saying, Pops. Pops. What, what, I don't know, the reverence behind that. Is there? Pops. Dada, Abba. And, and on, on both instances, I, I thought about this, that I can't think of anything at least right now as I'm reading these two passages, that shows more intimacy than to be able to call such a holy God, Abba, Father. That I could also call the creator and the maker of all things of the universe. I could stand before God. I could stand before who he is, the the, the person of God, Yahweh, and I could stand before him and I could just say, Abba, Father. And I'm talking about the one where there's Thousands of angels and noises around him. But yet we have the freedom to say, Pop, I'm going to talk to you for a moment. Abba, I got some stuff going on in my heart. Papi, I got some things in my mind that I want to release to you. And the angels are around the throne saying, how is it that they communicate so freely and use such different language than we do? I don't know, maybe I have to go back. Help me out. You have homework this weekend. Try to see if an angel, I promise you, I don't know this. Try to see if an angel ever calls him Abba Father. I'm not sure if they do. But if they don't, that's actually real cool for today's message. Because that's the language that he gave his sons to speak. Abba Father. And the angel is like, 
But we've never left you. We've been here flapping wings and singing songs and worshiping you. And that scumbag hasn't stopped but always turns his back on you. And yet you let him call you Abba Father and you talk to him? That's powerful. How was that done? Through my son. I love that. I can't think. That's called intimacy. Everyone say intimacy. I have the intimacy to call creator God this father. Pop. I have, the, I have the right through intimacy. Just like you can't call my wife love, but I have the right to call her love. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Because that came through intimacy. I have a relationship. That's a whole other. A rela- I'll get back to this. I have a relationship with my wife that no one here will ever be able to have with my wife. And she has a relationship with me that no one here will ever be able to have with me. Not even my own mother and father because Jesus says the two will leave father and mother and they will become one. It's powerful. So, so there is this intimacy that takes you to a place, a place of freedom just to come intimately and just speak. And angels are, are freaked out because of our faith and because of our calling out. I love how one translation puts it. Galatians 4, 6, Passion puts it this way. He says, and so that we would know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts. Listen to this. Moving us to cry out. Look how this translation puts it. Moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you are our father. Intimately, you are my father. The NLT says it this way, let us come boldly to the throne of the gracious God and there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. The Amplified in Hebrews 4.16, same, same scripture, sorry, that I just read here. It says, therefore let us with privilege, with privilege, Amplified, approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor, which confidence, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures. And find his amazing grace to help in the time of need. Listen, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Another translation uses, says Hebrews 4.16 this way. So now we come freely and boldly. Why, why, why? Pastor Leo shared this and, and it just erupted in me as he gave that thought that I opened up with. So we come freely and boldly to where his love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. So we come, we enter what? Did you catch all the words I said? Listen to this. We come boldly. We come with privilege. We come. Fr- How many of you have, have come to the Lord and says, I don't have the privilege to come before the Lord. Then you don't understand the cross yet. And you don't understand the resurrection. Because if you understood cross and resurrection, you also understand that you can now walk into a throne room that you were never able to walk into. All right, so what, what does he say? We come and we enter. Look at the words that is used here. Ready? Boldly with privilege, freely to the throne of grace, that the, the throne of our gracious God. Passion puts it boldly, freely with privilege to where love is enthroned. Isn't that good? So I wrote some notes on Wednesday. And li- listen to these notes. Where love is enthroned. And I, and, I, and I, listen, I said this. I believe many of us have come to believe in this love. When I, when I say many of us have come to believe in this love, what am I talking about there? Knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. I'm going to teach you guys for a second. Knowledge. Everyone say it one more time. Knowledge. How many of you say, I've come to believe in this love? How, no, how many of you can admit that? Okay. A few of you have had the knowledge of his love already. A few of you have raised your hand, nodded your head, said, I have knowledge of his love. 
I, I can come to believe in his love. But not all of us have come to have this love enthroned in our hearts. Everyone say intimacy. See, believing in his love and having his love enthroned in our hearts are two different things. Because listen, this is the same way that I could tell you I believe in Satan, but Satan is not enthroned in my heart. I have knowledge of evil, but yet evil is not enthroned in my heart. So, So the question, ready? Many of you have knowledge of the love of God, but how many of you have the love of God enthroned in your heart? What do you mean now? Now we move past knowledge and we enter what knowledge can give you, intimacy. Knowledge can maybe lead you to intimacy, but knowledge, don't ever confuse it for intimacy. I've sat and I've met and I've pulled my hair out, sitting before a lot of knowledgeable people, and they blow my brains out of the water, but they don't have a lick of intimacy. I'd rather roll with a band of intimate sons and daughters than with a band of knowledgeable sons and daughters. Why? Let your knowledge enter you in through intimacy. Knowledge without intimacy is just going to be based off works. Intimacy. So, do you have knowledge of the love of the love of the? Yes, good. But is it now enthroned in your heart? Are you? Is it intimate? Are you intimate now in that? The word enthroned is this. The word enthroned is this. Ready? Install to mark the beginning of their rule. Has his love been installed in your heart, or do you just have knowledge? Or has it began to rule in you? Has it began to rule in you? Has it began to rule in you? How many of us today, if we have an altar call right now, and we say we want to pray, maybe we won't even pray, but we want God just to touch you, and we want you to get past knowing about his love, and we want you to get into the place where you're now intimately in love. How many of you are going to run up to this altar and say, I'm done with just knowing? I want to get to a place where I'm becoming alive again because of a love that is on fire. He circled yes. And he made this, he made this origami figure. And when I saw it, it was the image of his son. He brought the paper back with his son's image on it. And he circled yes. I'm going to come before the altar and I'm going to say, Lord, take me past the knowledge of your love. And get me to the place where now it is installed. Where it's beginning to rule in the deepest part of my being. I feel like he's telling me to end. Because I have like eight more pages. The throne, everyone say the throne. The The holy of holies was. You know what, I'm going to say this, I'm going to share a little bit of this, and then when we get back together, I'll go deeper on this stuff. But do you guys remember when we went into harvest of a spiritual awakening message? And I said there was a door that, that mother had a vision, 
And she said there was a door and there was a massive crowd. My mother had a vision and she came here on a Wednesday and she never comes on a Wednesday. And she looked at me and she says, can I say something? I said, yes, go say it. And out of nowhere she begins to say exactly what I believe is happening to this place. And she says there was a door that is a beautiful door and he longs to open it and he says he will open it. But on the other side of that door there's a massive crowd that's trying to get in. But he hasn't given the freedom to open it yet. But he's going to open it. He wants to open it. He wants to release that. But on the other side where the crowd is at, the opposite side of them, on the other side of that door, there is a beautiful presence that awaits the ones that are on the other side. And, and, and he's just waiting to open it. And I remember that was like, wow. And, and I believe that's, that's, that's experiencing the holies of holies. That's experiencing this amazing throne room. It's a, everyone say secret chamber. Secret chamber. Uh, or, or this word is a good one, restricted area. Because when my, mom, when my mom had that dream, that vision, and she shared it to, the, to our church, I, I feel like it was a restricted area. There was a door that was closed we couldn't get to, but he really longs for us to get there. But we're not necessarily ready for it. It's almost like saying this. It's almost like saying, um... Um, you know, I dated my wife when we were 15 years old, and we'll leave it as that. It was a big mess. Ten years later, she became my girlfriend, and, we, and I married her. But at, but at 15 years old, I wasn't ready to marry my wife. That would have been a disaster. Maybe for some of you it worked, but, but it definitely wasn't going to work for me. I, I'm, I'm 36 now, and I'm trying to make it work still. <laughs> you know what I mean. 15 years old, there was no way that I was going to make it work. There's no way it was going to happen to me. So God just did something weird with me and my wife. You know, he broke us up kind of thing. I, I think I was more the one that broke us up. But <laughs> 10 years later, I run into her. And, and then a year after that, 10 years later, uh, um, she becomes my girlfriend. Five months after, she becomes my fiance. But, you know, at 15 years old, um, I had my first interest in her. But at 15 years old, there was a limitation. There was a restricted area. And I wasn't ready for the revelation of that restricted area. I believe that's why there's so many divorces today. I believe there's so many divorces today. Because we've gone into the area which is called restricted area. And the reason why we've gone into it is because it's called restricted area. Didn't wait for the Lord to take off the sign that says enter. So we, we, we broke in while the door still said restricted. It's like saying this. It's like you wanted to marry, but you weren't even ready yet to marry. So what are you doing? It's still a restricted area. Trust me, on the other side of that door, there's something beautiful. It's, it's, it'll come to you. But you got you to gotta understand the obedience that is found on this other side. And I believe that, that the main reason why there's so many divorces is because, because the presence of the Lord has lacked being the center of. Because there's not, everywhere in scripture I see this, that where the presence of God is, there is life. So there's no way that a divorced couple can say that the presence of God is living within them if they're getting divorced. Both of them in unison, obviously. Obviously, guys, we know the clauses, but you know what I mean. But I believe that what lacks and what's causing divorce is because there's a lack of God's presence on both sides. There's a lack of. If both those were to come into a place of deeper place of with God and presence and know the love of God, then they would understand the importance of marriage. And they would understand that 
how beautiful that is. And, and I believe that God wants to take us to this beautiful marriage place, to this place of deeper intimacy in our marriage. But maybe for some of us in here, it still feels like it's a restricted area and you can't break through yet with God. Okay? I'm talking spiritual. And, and, you, and man, all throughout time in Scripture, couldn't get lost, couldn't receive God's expression of love in that place. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, only one man was able to ex experience that expression, and it was called the high priest. The most high priest would do it once a year. And everyone else had to be outsiders watching him, waiting for him to come out. Is he alive? He's like, oh, how was it? How did you experience it? How did you feel? How did you get goosebumps? Did you cry? Did you hear his voice? Was there angels show up? Was there glorious? Was there glitter? Did feathers fall on the floor? And, and there's so many outsiders asking all these questions. So many outsiders because it was a restricted area for them, the Holy of Holies. It was a restricted area. So only one was allowed entrance. But we don't live in those days anymore. But yet we choose to live in those days. We're not called to be outsiders saying, like... A certain leader or pastor shouldn't be up to give a word or a team should be up to sing a song for you to be in the presence of God. They're just right alongside of you, co-laboring right next to you. You should be receiving mess. I mean, I say amen today. You guys should be having your own messages going on deep inside your gut throughout the week. God's speaking to you. Don't lose the expression of that place because you lack intimacy so you, you've been restricted to go in. You've been restricted. Before my marriage, I couldn't just, back to my wife, I couldn't go back in. I didn't have the privilege. I, didn't, I wasn't able to go into the secret chamber. It was a restricted area. I couldn't do it. It couldn't happen on my first day of meeting her or seeing her. Let me tell you why. There's many things, but I wrote down only two things to keep it simple. Number one, I'd be violating her. And the last thing I want to be is a Christian that confesses Christ, but all I'm doing is violating his name. Because I'm professing this intimacy, but not a lick of me really knows the enthroned love of God. So what I'm leaving behind is horrible images of who Christ is. I'm violating him. And that's the same thing with my wife before she was just my girlfriend. I couldn't be taken to a deeper place because, number one, I'd be violating her. And that's not true in any kind of healthy, intimate relationship. It's, it's, a, it's a permission to enter into the beloved's chamber, not a forcing you into her chamber. You guys are with me? The day I said I do is the day that I said what? I surrender. Meaning what? My life fully, your love. And I'll go into that when we meet God again. Or number two, it'd be based, listen to this. I couldn't just get into that place with my wife the first day I met her. Sorry, because number two, it would be based on a growing need to, to gratify my flesh rather than a growing commitment to love or be in love. You see, I think my wife said yes when I said will you when she saw that there was a true genuine love. And then I think that the chambers was extra special when we waited because, because there was a love that got us to that place. So when that was done, it was done through love and in love rather than through something to gratify my flesh rather than be lost in love. Man, that's, that's our relationship with God. You are either coming, not in love, or you are entering, 
with that love enthroned in you. Who are you today? Come on, who are you today? Who are you today? Who are you today? I'll continue on this when we get back. There's a lot more that I want to talk about this. I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you can. And um, hallelujah, Lord have your way. This is what I want to do. I want you just to, if you want, just go ahead there with reverence. Maybe just examine your heart. Examine your life there. Examine deep within you. There's so much, trust me, there's so much more I want to say, but, but there's no reason to rush it. But don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of this. Don't lose sight of what? Of his love, of Christ's love, of the Father's love. How many of you need to get past knowing and enter into intimacy? How many of you need to come to a place where you're like, I, I've lost sight of the, of the intimate love of the Father. And I need to come back to the place where, where his love is intimately enthroned in my heart. I almost want to sing. Take me in to the holy of holies. Take me in through the blood of the Lamb. Come on, if you know that song, sing it. Take me in to the holy of holies. Cleanse my lips. Sing one more time to him. Take me into the holy of holies. No more knowledge, intimacy. Intimacy. In by the blood of the Lamb. The Father's love through the Lamb. Take me into the holy of holies. my lips here I am hallelujah alright if you need prayer today I'm going to invite you to come up to this altar and you want to make a stance today and you want to say today I'm gonna, I, I, I don't want to lose sight anymore I, I want to get into the into the holy of holies I, wanna, I want a love to enthrone, be enthroned in my heart I want to get past the restricted area already I want clearance. I want freedom. Don't even hesitate. Come up here and let's pray. Let's believe together in faith. And let's say, Lord, take us in. Anyone else, just come up. Come up. Take us in. Take us in.